0: back to another episode of the excellence cartel ladies and gentlemen our esteemed colleague chanel Colette going over maximum recoverable volume training periodization through hormonal dysfunction basically if you were at the PEC, you've already heard a little bit about this if not it was so damn good that we had to bring her on to bring it to our audience but before we get to miss chanel jason how's your last seven days been dude uh um it's been it's been good i guess uh clap your
1: hands (laughs) (laughs) um business is good um you know just 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 life man there's just stressors to it um so business is good Uh, i'm trying to think i'm i've i'm getting ready to add a few more mentees um I have three that are waiting to join, but I'm kind of waiting for just my schedule of traveling to kind of calm down, which will around July 20th. Um, So I'm going to bring a few more of those on. Um, Still signing new clients as I go. Um, So I am, you know, taking more functional clients. If you got issues out there, bring them on. Uh, Just did the write up for liposomal carnitine. this is something that I wanted around December, went to Vince and talked about it. He was on board and, uh, man, just through COVID and everything else, it's just taken forever to get this thing right, uh, with taste testing from just, just, I, I, it's almost ready. That's my point. Um, I wrote up the label, uh, this week. And usually when I get asked to write up the label, we're real damn close. So, um, That will be coming out shortly. So I'm pumped about that. But uh, yeah, um, that's it, man. I think that's pretty much everything. I have one other thing. I have my class coming July 12th, I think it is. It's a Monday night. I think that's a Monday. Um, So that's it.
0: Sweet. Now, Jeffrey Sue. What's up, man? Man, how's that Mercedes payment life going for you that you've now uh, managed to capture in the industry at the solid 1K a month?
2: Hey, man, you know, I really do think that people will find over time that they are really still getting a bargain paying me $1,000 a month for coaching. I know that might shock and awe some people, but with the amount of work that I put in, the amount of time that I take to talk to everybody. I think it's well worth it. I figure like, listen, if you're paying a personal trainer in a gym, 50 to 75 bucks a week a session training three times a week, you're close to $1,000 a month and you're not getting the lab work, the nutrition, the texting, the phone calls, none of that support and you're paying a grand. So to pay me a grand to do everything for you, that's cheap as fuck. So sign up at www.firstballfitness.com. Other than that, life is really good. I'm gonna fire one of my contractors from my house because they were supposed to get my garage gym done last week and the materials are still sitting there and the guy still hasn't come over to talk to me about how he's gonna structure the construction and moving equipment and whatnot. So I'm, uh, I already hired another guy. I'm gonna fire this guy's ass and then pay him for the materials. I'm gonna give the materials to the other guy to do it. Because listen, I don't sit on client plans. I don't sit on text messages. I get back to people right away. And I expect the same thing for any other business owner who respects their position as a business owner out there. So you snooze, you lose on me, at least. Other than that, uh, life is good, man. I can't fucking complain. I'm trying to decide if I want to get the Porsche Turbo or if I want to get a 911 Carrera 4S. The Turbo is 200 grand. So I don't know. We'll see.
1: I mean, you want the Turbo, but like, I mean. Uh,
2: I want the Turbo, but man, if I I get the Turbo, that means like less haircuts and stuff. You know, I love my
1: hair, so. (laughs)
0: well i'm glad we got that out there in the open uh nick how was your last seven days man? man
2: um pretty i guess uneventful i've been doing a lot of travel for work with the northwest arkansas last week and i've been doing some golf tournaments Uh, as far as the you know personal training and stuff like that goes i've been pretty solid still um you know i got one online client uh looking to add another one here soon um, and I just actually signed up for Jeff Sue's macro class. So excited to take that here in a couple of weeks. And I guess it's like, what, three weeks from now. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah besides that, just um, my daughter got finally started riding her bikes. So she wanted mommy and daddy to ride bikes with her. So we've been uh, riding alongside my three-year-old and she's been loving it. And It's just been kind of loving life, man. Nice.
0: Wow. Good for you, my friend. Oh, let's see, my last seven days. I found out I closed August 18th. That's very exciting on my new house. I'm excited about that. This past weekend, my oldest is here for summer. So we celebrated his birthday. So I took him out, got him some clothes, some new Jordans he wanted, ate a little bit with him, made sure to still hit my macros and shit. Oddly enough, I'm four weeks out this uh, Friday or Saturday, sorry. And, uh, Jason, do you know, we've not made one diet change the entire (laughs) time I've been in the first time you
1: checked in, remember? It was the first time you checked in and then we haven't touched it.
0: Yeah. Nope. I was just like, I got the initial set up and I was like, all right. And I've just cruised into this prep. Um, so four weeks ago, fingers crossed it finishes good. And then, um, I need to pimp something real quick before I get into the sponsors and then go over Chanel's next seven days. But if you're listening to this and you're a coach and you're interested in doing in-person coaching, I am not against uh, having people come and build their brands inside Iron House. I just want some awesome coaches to join what's that, Iron House. And I have an immediate need for female coaches in person. It's rent-based. You build your own book, You know, work alongside me. And it's more of a uh, family atmosphere. We go, the leads who come in, go to the best fit coaches, not necessarily the brand. That uh runs the gym. So if you're interested, hit me up on IG. I would not mind having a conversation if you're interested in moving to a city that's exploding with growth and potential. And I honestly can't keep up. So we could use the help. Now, with that being said, August 27th, 28th, we got the first forum event. Jason, you put up your little topic the other day. I know Sue's working on his, I'm working on mine. We have a few VIP tickets left. We got, I think, like maybe 30 tickets left on the main day, which is Saturday. If you're interested in the event, check out www.theexcellencecartel.com. It's got who all speaking from South Frisella to myself, Jason, Laura Conlon, Nick. Just it's going to be a great day all about business in the fitness space. Jason, you want to drop about Amino Pure real quick?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're one of our added sponsors, a uh, great company um, put out good products. You know, I personally use the Elkhorn and the Amino Pump. Um, love them. Re- recommend them to clients and uh, go ahead and use TEC 15 if you want to just give them a try. And if you're in the market for an injectable type product like that, I recommend you use them.
0: You know, I thought about using that amino pump for my pump up backstage, but I didn't know how would. people would look
1: at me about. Well, I mean, shine. go to the bathroom, dude.
0: Nah, Man. fuck them. Right in the vein from everybody. Um, the next our sponsor would be Trader Revenue Multiplier. Guys, y'all know that I don't really have to say too much about the ones we sponsor, but Matt's really a cool dude. He has been, I know Jason's got a couple of coaches working with him yep. with TRM. I know some of my coaches work with him with TRM www.matthewpark.com. And that's Matthew with one T backslash T E C. He's doing free consultations to chat with you guys. If anything, take that conversation because he has always some really good insights.
1: Yeah. I mean, so far I can say my I'm beta testing it and those coaches are loving it. So yeah, you know, as they said, it's really a level up type situation. And, um, so far so good. They've already added new people and we're only about two weeks in. So, so far it seems, uh, very beneficial for them.
0: Good. Oh, that's right. Good feedback. Chanel, how's your last seven days been? It looks like it's a uh, nice weather wherever you're at. Are you like in the Bahamas or some shit? What's going on? <laughs> oh,
1: no,
3: I, I, was in the Bahamas. No, I, um, got here on Sunday night or Sunday morning, uh, to my in-laws, they, live in smith mountain lake virginia and we come here every year around fourth of july so this is kind of like our big family like get together and uh the kids like my niece and nephew will be here soon we bring the dogs it's fun um it's challenging obviously to work from you know remote locations and remote situations with a bunch of family members around um i make it work uh i always tell people think about your entrepreneurial desires if you are okay with working wherever you want to be, which everybody always thinks that that's really cool at first. But then like you get to these remote locations or situations and you have to navigate how am I going to work and how am I going to do things conducive to my business while I'm here. And it is, it's got its challenges, but it's super nice weather. It's great. It's not overly hot and the dogs love it. And I am able to, you know, get a little bit less stress and whatever my usual home environment. So that's kind of nice. Um, but I'll be here till uh, next Monday, actually, longest time I've been here, probably ever, really in a for a longer period of time. Um, so other than that, business is going great. Clients are going great. Um, obviously, it's navigating through vacations for most of my clients, um, navigating through travel and unique circumstances for them. So this type of this time of the year, it's always kind of uh, a little bit more chaos. You're having to deal with a lot more doctors. It's not just macros, not just training, not just, uh, you know, did you get your cardio? It's more like, are you drinking enough water for the heat and everything that you're doing? Um, check-ins are a little bit more inconsistent. You kind of have to fight a little bit tooth and nail to get your clients to, you know, even check in after they've been gone for a week. Um, so it's always that kind of the, the challenge me and my assistant coaches are working through with our clients right now. That's been our theme of most of our educational posts on the coaching account through Instagram as well. We've been, you know, talk, covering topics on vacation. Um, overall business is is great. It's probably the best it's ever been at these particular months, June, July are typically slower months in the history of my business. And so it's nice to see that those are picked up now that I do have two additional coaches that came on staff at the end of April. And I wanted to be running their mentorship and kind of get most of their mentorship done through this like slower part of the season. Uh, Then we can kind of be ready for them full force in their their next year of coaching where they'll get paid a little bit more per client. Um, They'll have a little bit more clients and they'll be doing a lot more things that we have been implementing together um, as a team. So I've been co-coaching, you know, their initial clients that they've been uh, having on my roster, which has been a lot of fun. it been allowing me a mentorship experience, which I haven't had a chance to do that since I was in a management role at a Globo gym. Um, so it's been really nice. It's been a huge growth opportunity for myself, not just from a financial perspective, but like from a mental standpoint, from a business owner standpoint. Um, I'm really, really happy that everything got aligned to switch everybody over to W 2s and start their um, options for retirement as well. So I'm pretty pumped. Everything's like right where I needed it to be. So, yeah. Jason, my stress is slowly leaving. Good.
0: <laughs> it's funny you said about June and July being slow months. I made a comment to people that Jim's dying July. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you usually see those numbers just everyone takes vacation. So, good point. Yeah. Um, With that being said, okay, at the PEC, you presented on MRV, training periodization through hormonal dysfunction. I am not going to do this justice to talk about. So why don't you go ahead and give our audience a breakdown of like what this is, how you stumbled onto it, and kind of like how you started going from there. And then how we normally work is we'll just organically see where it goes.
3: All right. Uh, so we'll have to do a little bit of the timeline. Uh, I was in 2016 uh, working through a prep and it was a prep that I had put like a lot of emotional weight into. Um, I was crossing back over into the MPC from being a bikini pro in another federation um, and trying to go figure pro in that other federation as well, but that didn't pan out. So I knew that my density could possibly be, you know, something of, of, of need in the NPC at the time for bikini. So I definitely put all my heart and soul into like a particular prep and I was just hitting brick wall after brick wall, after brick wall. Like it was like, I would wait four weeks for a pound to be lost. And like, then we would wait another four weeks for a pound. Like it was just like heart wrenching for me, gut wrenching. I know for uh, my coach that I was working with at that point, Um, And we just had decided that essentially, you know, there was something going on that wasn't clicking. And at that time, I didn't really know a lot of how the hormonal aspects of competing on end would, would play out in the future for myself. I kept thinking, oh, I took six months off. Oh, I I took nine months off. And I thought that that was enough. Um, But as I aged enough uh, was definitely needed more and so essentially I just had to kind of take a deeper dive into what I was doing and I started to listen to some podcasts on MRV and I think it was like roundtable discussions on YouTube actually um, but they were labeled kind of like podcast then it was like kind of before this format was available and uh, that YouTube was showcasing Mike Isertel and um, I believe maybe Maybe Lane Norton on there. I'm not 100% certain, but I believe um, I know Israel was on it because he's the one who kind of coined the term maximum recoverable volume. This is not something I can take credit for at all. Um, But we all know what, you know, essentially what your body can physically recover from in training. And so I heard him talk a lot about this in, in various sports from bodybuilding, to powerlifting, and eventually you're just going to hit this wall where your training is no longer productive for you. And at the same time, I heard that, I actually decided to join up with Jason because I knew I I wanted to compete and I wanted to learn more about what I had done to my body trying to compete. Cause I knew I took ownership of it. I didn't, it wasn't a coach. It wasn't, it was me. I decided, I knew I wanted to just keep going and going and going and achieving all these goals and hitting this great, you know, physique potential that everybody was like, Oh, you have all this great, you know, genetic potential for for this sport. Like you need to keep going. Like there was so much pressure on me to just keep going. And I remember sending everything over to Jason and he was like, absolutely not. (laughs) We are not prepping. Um, and this is what we're going to be doing instead. And I just kind of was like, well, this is my last ditch effort. Like I feel I, at that point, like I had lost so much drive and I had lost so much desire, um, to actually compete at that point anyways. Like I just, my fire had been completely extinguished from what I had put myself through. And so I said, well, if I'm going to ever have any potential in this sport ever again, I'm going to need to listen to somebody who knows what they're talking about. Um, I up with Jason and around that time and he, ha- he had said something to me in regards to my training because I told him, hey, I love training. I love training programming. Where my strength is as a coach, honestly, is, is how I design training and how I'm really hands-on with every motor pattern, every rep, every set, every execution. And I was like, hey, if you'll do nutrition, like I'm going to do my training. Um, but I want, to, I want your insight on what you kind of think I should be doing. And at that time, he's like, okay, well, you need to take out superset training. You need to make sure that you're leaving reps in the tank. Um, and when he said reps in the tank, in my head, I was like, that's what Mike Israel me- meant by reps in reserve. So RAR is reps in reserve. It's meaning not concluding every single set to the point at which you have nothing absolutely left and you just extinguish your, your, yourself in terms of whatever you have available to you in that remainder set before you rest, pause. Well, at the time during that stress, I was doing rest, pause sets. Like I was literally stopping for three second breaths and then trying to go again. And so that's how I was training all the time. I just felt like this is where I've got to really tap into. I've got to progressively volume progressively overload. Like if I'm going to grow my glutes, I've got to do all this. And someone brought me down a notch and was like, I think you should probably one be probably training far less during your week. And also thinking about leaving more reps in the tank and about not training to failure all the time and not doing all of these things. So essentially I put kind of what he was telling me in my head. Put what Mike IsraTel was telling my head, and I, I put it to my training program design myself. Um, I, I started to look at what my total volume was every day that I had been doing that kind of training, and it was just eye opening for essentially me to know how to move forward with my training design in order to actually put what Jason was telling me about my hormones and my nutrition into play, and not let my training take away from what Jason needed my body to do for him on his end. Um, So that's kind of how I came into this whole like max volume and training design situation. It's all really from a very personal standpoint. It, it personally helped me in so many ways. And then I started implementing a lot of what, you know, Jason was telling me with also some of my clients that were on my roster at that point, dealing with some of the same things that I was dealing with and I was starting to, explain to them how, how we can kind of do different, do things differently to support the body. And I started with like a client who had been on my roster for a really long time. Um, And we had kind of fought for her to keep her, to keep her cycle. She would kind of lose it really frequently. And essentially I, her and I developed her, she's an Excel spreadsheet design like that's what she does and she designed a a volume-based spreadsheet that calculates that for her over time and so we were able to mitigate her volume encourage her cycle and you know really kind of make her body listen to her and what she was doing in her nutrition to actually make her training make sense for her Um, and so when I dove a little bit further we uh, at the presentation I talked a lot about energy availability Uh, So with energy availability, that's an equation that requires you to be able to know the body fat of your client, which can be a little bit challenging, Um, and then also know how much they're spending in their training as well, um, which also can be challenging devices aren't accurate tracking tool, you know, tracking apps and tracking devices just are not accurate, but they can give you ranges they can give you an idea of what your clients doing in comparison to other days and other workouts. Um, So you can really kind of try to calculate this energy availability for your client and use their, their thresholds that you find for where they can actually see hormonal regularity because you can actually offset them. And so that's kind of what, what I kind of talked about in that presentation was how trainers are actually responsible for some of the, that takes place because of how they design the training and it might not be conducive to the nutrition protocols or even the supplement protocols that you're doing because you're missing that component of the training designers well, and controlling training. Um, and I know if you guys, majority you know, of my clients are female. So I'm speaking from the majority of that perspective and you guys might share this as well, but essentially, Females are ones that are going to be those workhorses in the gym. They're going to train more than you tell them to. They're going to do more than you tell them to, to try to lose body fat because we are so driven to be smaller and we equate being smaller with doing more. So we're always going to be those clients that kind of fight that, that breakdown saying, Hey, you need to do less. You need to control a little bit at your window of energy availability. So we can actually have more calories available to you for to actually regulate properly. Let so me, that was like a, yeah.
1: That, let me, let me interject here and maybe I'm jumping the gun, but. So help me as a coach who helps women in these situations, you know, I usually rotate between a tw- two day a three day and a four day training. And I don't allow any more than that. How are you Mm -hmm. determining, um, how you set this up? And, you know, for me, well, I'll tell the listeners what I do. I usually set the RPE at seven. So, you know, there are reps in the tank there about three, um, from failure. And it's a very simple bro split what are you doing differently? How are you adjusting? It? And I'll usually keep them. If I decide they need three days of training because they have, you know, four or five issues, I usually just kind of keep it there until we start getting good labs. What differences do you do from what, what kind of my method and kind of explain it, excuse me, so the coaches that are listening or a female or even a male in this situation can kind of put the pen to paper and maybe draw up a plan?
3: So I actually calculate a volume for my clients when they send in their training logs. So they actually put in their weight, their reps, their sets. Um, Obviously, I'm assigning the sets to a certain degree and a set to a certain degree, but they actually share with me the loads that they achieve. So I'm able to actually calculate that volume and determine, you know, where overload is. Like Most times you're going to see that overload happen in the lower body those movements are going to be where you can, you know, increase the volume in that training session. So really what I did was I tried to balance out volume across training days. So when I could get that balance out, then I could figure out if the frequency of training need to be reduced. So one of the biggest ways that I balance that out is an anterior and posterior split. So when you do anterior training, you may only, only, you know, one or two lower body movements. And then, you know, everything's a little bit more upper body based. And those, those numbers are going to be a little bit lower than your lower body numbers. So so you can create that balance and create almost this like status quo. And then I take that maximum, then I take all the volume numbers and try to get the, the movements that they're doing to be in the right place so if there's a squat one day i'm going to make sure that there's a deadlift another day and i'm not going to put another heavy load that they do in that same day with their squat Um, so you can really kind of pick it's like cherry picking the movements that they're going to do when they're going to do them Um, and at that like it's this kind of baseline so then from there i can determine frequency i can say okay you know, do we need to take, have you done so much volume that you're just exhausted and not recovering that we need to actually train either every other day, you know, two days in a row, three days in a row, and then two days of rest. Like, what does that actual actually need to look like based on the biofeedback at that point? Because that's minimized, or I've kind of minimized the playing field of the actual volume of training being a factor because it's so equal every day. And that Baseline creates so much more of consistent feedback and consistent feedback on the scale, because sometimes when I have a client do just lower body or just upper body, not recovering from even this is without hormonal dysfunction, they're just not recovering from hammering completely lower body in on a day to day or on a whole day you're going to see that in their biofeedback you're going to see that inflammation show up in scale increases you're going to see hunger being high you're going to see all of that in the biofeedback and that's going to be an indication to me that we need to look at their that lower body session because it's pretty much tipping that scale for them um, and it's pretty much taking away from from that session being actually an obsession for them and actually progressing them and it's sending them too far behind um, because of the recovery that it takes did that kind of answer your question jason
1: Sort of, how are you calculating total volume? Like, are you taking, you know, sets times exercise times reps or what, what do you do?
3: So it's weight times reps times sets. And okay. so that all will calculate into the spreadsheet at the, at the bottom column. And then that will calculate their total pounds that they move in that training session for that day. And then I'm going to kind of compare that pound to like what the other days of the week look like. So I do build out a complete Excel spreadsheet for and training for like, purposes if only. you
1: see a day, like you have three days for maybe 12,000 pounds removed, but then a 20,000 pound, and then you're seeing bad feedback two days in a row after that, then that's how you're, yeah. okay. All right. I, that I think is yeah. clear for the listeners now. So I'm good with my yeah. purpose for now. <laughs> do any of you guys have anything, but I'm good for now. That makes sense. Gotcha.
0: Sue, Nick, you guys got anything?
2: No. Oh, I mean, it uh, just, well, to me, it just sounds very complex. I mean, that's the Excel spreadsheet thing because I, I get Excel spreadsheets and all that. But it's it's almost like um, I feel like some of my my own clients wouldn't be able to manage that because they, they wouldn't know how to, like, manage the spreadsheet or something. So, I mean, yeah. I totally agree with the approach, though. I think it's brilliant.
1: I think Chanel's manning it, though. That's the thing. You got to set it up as the coach. Yeah. That's what you He's not relying on the client to make that call. Okay. Yeah.
3: There's a little bit of reliancy. First off, is you know, I have, have to when I switch my clients who I feel the need to switch. That's the other thing is like there's some clients that aren't going to need this much detail into their training um, because, because they're not dealing with hormonal dysfunction or they're not dealing with any sort of, you know, irregularity in in their body. They're they're okay to do, you know, bro splits or upper body. Lower, you know, they're just more resilient bodies. I, I mean, you guys know you have clients. There's just some clients that are more resilient than others, and those I don't necessarily overcomplicate this part for them because there's no need for it. Obviously, if they want to learn, I'm I'm all about trying to you know help them learn. But at the same sense, this does make for a more time-consuming check-in. It does make for a little bit of of control on the client because if the client goes in and just deletes all of the spreadsheet or you know hits the wrong button and does something you might lose the formulas and I have to maybe recover those formulas Um, which can be challenging can be time consuming Um, but at the same sense like what I'm gaining about the client's body and kind of helping them in their in in their training journey being to their goals versus their training taking away from them or as the coach I now can take full ownership of, man, I did that. Like in the presentation um, at, at the PEC, I, I showed you guys where I was neglectful as a coach. I kept a client who was, you know, showing hormonal function. She was on day 35 of, of not having a cycle and we knew that she was sensitive already. So I knew that, but I didn't pull out this hit cardio and as it out all of a sudden next week she got a cycle. And so I, that was a light bulb for me. And I was like, man, this was something I missed. And this wasn't even in her training design. And this was this was in her cardio, but it still took away from that energy availability. She just, that, that center over the edge essentially. Um, And so, you know, obviously there's lifestyle factors potentially at play, but I took ownership. I said, Hey, Like, I got to take out this hit cardio now. Like, we just need to be doing lists. We haven't seen the cycle. Like, let's go ahead and and migrate forward with lowered work. And, you know, we were able to bring on the cycle. But that's something as a coach that it also allowed me to take ownership because the data was there. Like, it was showcasing that to me even.
0: I have a question for you. You get a client on. How do you sell them about that? Because you said that, you know, most women are workhorses, which is hundred percent true. They're going to do it. How do you actually sell them on that? Because you have a call, a lot of coaches who are listening, who that's a hard objection to overcome.
3: Uh, absolutely. I mean, I had a hard, hard objection with it personally, like training for me at a time in my life was so, it made me feel so powerful and like so accomplished. And, um, their previous coaching relationship I had, that's, that's what we vibed on. It was like, okay, if I do this and if I excel in this way under this load, like he's going to think he's going to think that I'm really working, I'm really showing and proving to him. So there's also this like mentality sometimes of your clients, regardless of gender, of wanting to prove to you uh, what kind of client they are. And so you're absolutely right. There's this like weird, like pushback from a lot of clients when I first tell them, like, you have to train less. You have to just walk. You have to just you know, not do supersets and not client sets and not do drop sets and just pull it back a notch. And, you know, sometimes I wonder as a coach, I'm like, did the client really listen to me? Are they really listening to the rest periods that I give them? Are they really not rushing through their training? Are they really going into training in a more stressed, uh, you know, decompressed, de-stressed state? Are they going into training being really stressed? You know, so there's obviously a lot of like me depending on my client to listen to me and trusting that they do. And they, they may not, but in the same sense, I I know now that if they listen to me, that it absolutely works. Like it worked for myself. It works. It's worked for, you know, hundreds of women I've worked with now at this point over the years of really like getting women, their cycle back after birth control. And this is me doing a lot of this without necessarily supplemental recommendations, because Early on, I I didn't feel as confident as a coach to just say, hey, you should take this supplement, this supplement, this supplement. But I knew from the foundation of, you know, getting them a little bit better food nutrient partitioning and handling their training and helping them understand stress and mitigating that stress, that they could actually get their cycle back. And I could, I almost circumvent some of the supplement chatter that was going on at that time. Because again, as a coach, I just didn't feel very well versed in that. So I didn't focus a lot on, I didn't focus on things like, you know, chase barrier and S report because I didn't feel as confident about it as a coach. And I didn't want to have those conversations if I didn't feel confident about it, but I knew the power of training and I knew the power of, you know, understanding, deloading your training and understanding the volume that you put on your body over time. And so I could just really talk to them heart to heart about it. Um, you know, really being heartfelt in my voice memos and saying, look, I know you don't want to hear this now, but also, can you imagine what it's like in your life if you don't, if you if you le- realize that you can take a day off from training, and you can actually accomplish all these things that you're saying you're stressed about because you can not accomplish them, but putting your time so much into training that you're creating this stress because you don't have enough time for other things, and that stress is also snowballing. Um, and that's something in my life that I like when I realized I didn't have to be in the gym five days a week. I was able to expand my business. I was able to sleep better. I was able to, you know, gain my hormones, my cycle back. And I had like almost this time given to me that I didn't know I had. I felt so, so dependent on the gym. So, so dependent on the gym. I thought that all my results were just going to wither away if I didn't show up six days a week in that place. Um, so I really like I share that story. I I, I talk to my clients really from, uh, you know, a personal standpoint. And, you know, like I said, I didn't really talk about the supplemental side of things until the past couple of years, really, because I felt more confident in that and I felt more well versed in it. Um, so, yeah, so I feel like it is challenging for sure. Um, and it it was really like hard for me to, you know, even to this day, like I have some women who, when I tell them this is how I coach and this is what I'm expecting of you, if, if they don't go along along with it, I'm like, I can't help you. Like you're going to continue to have these issues because you're not correcting them. And, and I just won't let, like, I won't be a part of you continuing to and in- cause this incorrection in your body. Um, I just won't want to be a part of it. So I'm very particular also with the class that I do take. Um, because of that. Um, I do have initial consults with every client, um, whether they join with me or my assistant coaches. um, And I want them to know, like, this is how my team does it. This is what we're looking for. This is, you know, the characteristics of clients that we need on our team.
0: Uh, I have a question to inject real quick, guys, if you guys got any. Can you explain deloading and loading and like what that actual approach looks like volume wise? Because you're going to have people who. What exactly is a deload, in your opinion, as a coach? Like, walk us through that. And then what does it mean to load someone? Like, what are you going to start doing then? And how do you walk that through?
3: So, deloading is when you your volume of training that they're going to accrue over a specific amount of time. Most of the time, it's a seven-day window. Um, but sometimes, if my clients need it, we might deload for 14 days. We might deload for a whole month. Jason and I deloaded until I don't know. It was like six months. He pretty much told me like decrease your volume, decrease your reps, and I pretty much trained like that for let's you know on until we were getting more positive feedback. So deloading, if you're a client on my roster, most of the time I implement them off the gate four to five weeks four to five weeks, I'm going to deload your training. I think that's how you're going to progress over time. I think that's what your body needs to recover from optimally. So it also prevents me from sending down a hormonal dysfunction path if I'm not deloading your training properly. Even if you don't have these issues, they can start to pop up if you're overtraining your clients. Um, so my clients can expect every four to five weeks, they can expect to know that I might deload their training more frequently if they're really in a high-stressed environment, whether that be life stress, business stress, um, you know, kid stress, uh, hormonal dysfunction, like I'm going to deload their training for however much I need to until that biofeedback starts to improve. And most people say it's like this, oh, reduced by 10%, reduced by 5%. Um, But we all know that in the gym, that's kind of hard. Things are done in groups of 10 and groups of five. Um, so I actually do assign the load for them based on what they've been accomplishing Accomplishing through that training cycle. I look at those training cycle numbers and I'm like, okay, we probably should go down to four to five pounds here because the RPEs have been sitting here. I track their RPEs as well. So I almost pick out most of the deloads that I want to assign my clients. If it's like spinal loading where you're doing barbell back squats, I might pull, you know, 30 to 20 pounds off, but I might just up the reps a little bit too. I might bring, you know, from us working in a load setting where we're doing like six, four, three reps or something like that. I might say, hey, let's, let's drop 30 pounds and let's go, you know, eight reps across all your sets kind of thing, or let's go to 10. Um, and so I definitely like kind of cherry pick. I look at the client as a whole. I look at their RPE. Um, maybe I'll increase their rest periods as well. If we are doing super sets, I pull all those out. Um, if we are doing drop sets, I don't, I don't have, I let them go a whole week without drop sets. And I tell them, I'm like, Hey, if you're stressed or you don't have time in the gym, just, just knock out four of the six movements. Like it's your deload week. Don't stress about training. Don't let training stress you out. Don't let getting to the gym stress you out. Like we're trying to do that as a whole and, you know, stop my clients from, you know, overtraining in a stress state.
2: No, I have a question. So how do you manage this with, um, the nutrition components and try to like try to marry, you know, output and input together, you know, Mm -hmm. in terms of recovery?
3: So two separate spreadsheets that all my clients will send in, they send in the spreadsheet that does their macros, which includes, um, you know, their scale weight, their macros that they actually adhered to for the, for the week that includes their cardio type and time in a column and their strength training. So I'm able to see kind of that bigger picture. I'm using my hands and i realized that you guys can see that in a video, um, but, uh, or just in a podcast, but you know, they see that, I see all that data across in like a big picture, big scope. And then they have a note section where they put their biofeedback and then they have their training tracker. And so I'm able to look at the training tracker in conjunction, I normally have it all pulled up on my computer and the big screen looking at both, both sets of data and and I'm looking at what their, you know, their body's doing with their training and kind of just honestly keeping it both up at the same time and look each day to day and really taking it all in. Um, it, I mean, most of my kids are a little bit more lengthy. Um, I do coach my assistant coaches to, you know, do the same process, because this is, again, like kind of one of the pillars of my business and what I'm kind of known for. Um, so it is a little bit more time consuming. Um, but I, the what the client gains and like the knowledge that they end up learning about training ends up being so like when that light bulb starts to hit for them um, in regards to seeing the impact of training on their overall body, they really start to honestly trust me, like when also when women start to see, see the scale go down because they've actually mitigated their training inflammation, like they've got them, you've 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 reeled them in. They think you're like a genius. They're like, "Oh my god, I I didn't train for three days and I I lost three pounds. I lost a pound every single day, and I was eating my training day macros." And I'm like, "Yeah, we just decreased a lot of inflammation off of you um, because that's what your training was causing you. Um, that's how you were training." And that's, that's why I'm telling you to rest. Um, you know, women will do it all the time. They'll be like, Oh, I've got such and such on the weekend. So I'm going to train Monday through Friday. And I'm like, no, this is never what we're going to do. You're just going to take a day off from training. If it doesn't work for you to get into the gym, we'll figure out how you're going to train the next week to, to quote, make up for those sessions. But a lot, a lot of time I tell my clients, we're not making up sessions. You have to fit training into your life. And so you don't have to make things up. You just have to kind of pick up where you left off. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I have to get out. Like I've had so many clients who it like within, you know, week one or week two, they're like, well, I missed this session. So I just went ahead and did both. And I'm like, you did both. <laughs> you trained for over yeah. two hours just because you missed one day like that to me, that's crazy. That to me, I, but I, again, it's crazy to because of the education I've gained on what it does to the human body. Um, before, you know, I was, I was ready and willing to just throw myself into the, into the gym for three and four hours at a time. If I needed to make it up, if I needed to squat and I missed my squats, I'm going to squat. Like I just, I never allowed that, that grace for myself and for my body.
0: Nick, Jason, you guys got a question?
1: No, but I was going to add something before, uh, um, we were back on the topic before about, you know, getting clients to kind of adhere to something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't really have a question, but I just have some things, just, just some things to add because I help a lot of women in this, you know, regard too. um, so for anyone, listening, if you do take on these situations and honestly, if you're a coach, you're going to run into this. If you have female, yeah. clients, you're going to run into this, whether they sought you out for it or not, you're going to see it. Um, so although the way Chanel and I do training isn't exactly the same, the principles are the same, uh, or similar, I should say. And so what I tell women up front, if they come to me for this issue, or even if I identify it, um, I explained that like, it's important to realize they could keep training extremely hard, but they are not going to see results. And so, you know, you can either take a waste a year or you can take six months and maintain your muscle, feel better. And then you got the six months left to actually build and improve your physique. And I try Mm -hmm. to present it that way. Um, And a lot of times it works uh, for me, but I have had times where I'm digging into their logs, where they report to me and kind of tell me a little bit about their training and I'll see PRS. And I'm like, I know you're feeling better, but why, why are we doing PRS? Like your RPE which Chanel talked about too, but that's rate of perceived exertion. It's just kind of like your own governing system of, you know, if 10 is I've taken it as far as I can, I have my client stop at a seven. And so I'm like, you can't hit a PR if you're training at an RPE of seven. So, you know, I'm constantly kind of monitoring these things, but it's a conversation that you have to have either when they first come in the door or when you find the problem that, Hey, we are pulling back and I get it, but like you're to the point where you've either seen that they haven't gotten any progress in six months. So you're having this conversation or they came in the door. So I always like to under, you know, promise and over deliver in these situations. And I always teach my mentees and my coaches that too. So just a little kind of piggyback onto where we were prior before, I think Jeff Black's question, but I don't have any, I don't have any questions. I just wanted to add that, that you'll see I'm still hitting PRs because they start to feel better. And they're like, oh, okay, I feel better. And I'm pooping better now and I'm sleeping better. So the weight felt light. so I did a PR. I'm like, no, 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 we aren't there yet in two weeks. I'm glad you're feeling better, but this isn't the time for PRs. You're going to be right back where you were. And I always explain the sympathetic versus parasympathetic too. And I give an explanation and then tell them, hey, Google it, read about it. See what I'm talking about. Like, See how this plays in your body. So those are just some tips, tricks, and then my uh, expounding on what we were talking about.
0: Chanel, you got anything else you want to throw out there about this or anything you'd like to have people impart upon before we kind of wrap it up? Because I think it was a pretty good dive. but I feel like if there, there might be something else you want to talk about, it's up to you.
3: <laughs> That's good. Um, I, I was just going to say this is kind of, I mean, as Jason said, you either have a client who comes in your door because of this or it, you uncover it. While you're working with them, but it's typically not something that's quote curable. Um, like I said, there are resilient bodies, and there's less resilient bodies, and I, I'm a less resilient body. I mean, Jason, I haven't gotten a PR in, in I don't know. Oh, I couldn't even tell you when, um, because again, I'm, I'm still, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still working through this. Like I still post competition prep a really good reverse, but I had a lot of life factor stressors and things just cascaded in another direction that we, you know, didn't necessarily want it to go in obvious but we kind of I I knew that I was going to be I would need to be cautious so I've definitely been mitigating this so this isn't something like if you have your less resilient clients on your roster like it's not something that just goes like you just you don't just correct these issues like they are ongoing and you constantly have to mitigate you constantly have to be listening to client you know tell you those little small things like who's you know, saying how many PRs they get, which we love PRs. I love encouraging my women to lift heavy and, and, and go hard in the gym, but knowing when they can and where they should is kind of how you communicate to that to them. Because again, it's, it's an ongoing thing that you have to monitor. It's Jason said, you know, we get you there by doing this for six months. And then you may only have four to six months of playtime. Um, in the gym, you might have to then pull back the reins a little bit. You have to think of your body in seasons where you're going to be able to push and then you're going to have to pull back. Um, And you just have to accept that either you're a resilient body and be thankful and take care of that body, or that you are a less resilient body and understand how to take care of that body um, and how to be able to still be progressive. I mean, I, I, I feel that I'm, Very, very happy with how my physique has grown over the years, knowing that I am a less resilient body. So the little bit of progress that I have had and the physique I have been able to to build, I'm just so happy that I started to listen to my body because I also saw more progress in shorter bouts of time because I did start learning how to take care of my body um and you know i do attribute a lot of that to jason and i attribute a lot of that to understanding you know this aspect of training and and knowing that i can accomplish a lot in a small window of time in my body if i take the larger window of time to actually take care of that body in a deeper and from a deeper level
0: i think that was beautifully well said as a summary where can everybody find you at where can everybody give you a follow you do any classes anything like that
3: Gotcha. So I am found on Instagram, mainly right now at Chanel Collette um, on Instagram. And then people can find me on YouTube a little bit. uh, YouTube's a little bit of a lower hanging fruit, fruit right now on my to do list. But I do think that that's where I put a lot of information out initially about my hormonal journey, um, because I was so much more involved in in YouTube then, and I had a larger or I had a super client base, so I could be a little bit more creative on that platform. Um, but if you're looking to and you know join my coaching roster, you can check out audaciousathletes.com, and I can also be found. Where else can I be found? I don't even know. That's a really good question. But I think that's everything. <laughs>
0: all right guys well thanks now for joining us i guess yeah, i'll see you thanks. all next yeah no love to have you down maybe we do an advanced topic on this like with the advanced heavy programming if there's a side to it i'd be interested on yeah we can. other stuff so all right everyone well you have yourself a good one thanks for tuning in and i'll Thank chat you. with you all there guys all right thanks,